0: What is the only thing in this life that is 100% certain? The thing that we'll all face one of these days. The thing no one really wants to think about or talk about, yet many decisions we make in this life keep its reality in mind. You got it. It's death. And you know what, hearing that, I bet many of you don't even want to listen to this episode. And really, I don't blame you. Certainly not going to be the cheeriest of topics. It's such an important one though, because grief and loss are a huge part of the human experience. And honestly, how you process and make sense of it determines whether you stay in unrelenting pain indefinitely, or if you eventually heal and find beauty in life after loss. I'm Dr. Krista Glover and this is Come Find Rest Podcast. Up next, we're talking with a woman who tenaciously chooses the latter. For this episode, I really wanted to interview my dear friend, Dr. France Meese Kingsbury. She is first and foremost a devoted believer. She has walked with the Lord many years and is the epitome of grace. She's one of those people who, if you meet and experience her, it's like you've met Jesus. France Meese is a proud Haitian-American and New Jersey native. I had the privilege of meeting this beautiful soul many moons ago when we both studied at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Go Heels! (laughs) She went on to get her Doctor of Education from North Carolina State University, and this year, she launched her website, Finding Beauty in Life. In her blog, we learn that while she is a married mother of four, just two of her children remain with us on Earth. That's actually part of her story that she'll share with us next. If you could, please start by sharing what's been your experience with loss?
1: What has been my experience with loss? That's a good question. Um, I guess I would say that I've had the regular experience with loss, like when you lose like grandparents, um, you know, family friends, uh, friends, classmates. Um, so that is one aspect of some of the losses that I've experienced, relatives. Um, but over the last 10 years, I've had, uh, I think, two of the biggest um, or significant losses um, to me uh, in my life. Um, One being my daughter, Amira. She passed away in 2010. Um At the age of four and a half um we realized when she turned three that um she was we saw that she was losing some of the faculties that she had some of the abilities that she had, and so we went on this journey trying to find out what's going on and um at that time, there was no name for. What was happening to her, they just um, ended up towards the end of her life deeming it a neurological, a degenerative neurological disorder. Um, But, you know, it's really sad to see someone you love lose their ability, you know. So in a sense, I started grieving what she could do and the possibility of what she would do um, early on. And then most recently this year, um, I lost one of my twin daughters, Kellen. And um, in 2017, she was diagnosed with a rare genetic disease called Neiman-Pixie. And um, part of the challenges with this disease is that there is not a cure for it. And also, um, doctors aren't aware to look for this um so therefore it the the issue becomes in the delay of services oftentimes um and unlike amira i was more aware because of amira um to kind of look out for some of the signs of um i was just kind of always aware watching my children to see if you know if everything was okay if there was a problem and Um, with Kellen, um, there was a certain point where we noticed that she was developing differently from um, her twin sister. Because when you have two, you know, even if you don't want to compare, you just can notice the differences. And, and so she just kind of seemed unsteady um, in her walking, we were concerned with her nutrition. And um, interestingly enough, I was able to Advocate for advocate for her, whatever services she needed, whatever resources she needed um, i I got it for her and um, towards the end of her life, you know she she started to gain weight, even though she was losing other abilities. Um, you know we started to get you know some positive reports from um, the doctors and I would always say when people ask me about her because that's a challenge people don't really understand so i feel sometimes they don't understand um like rare diseases um even if you take time to explain it they just still don't get it because it's so rare they've never seen it before and so i would always say that you know she's doing she's doing as well as far as i can see but i'm concerned about her acute medical fragility you know um but i probably didn't use medical fragility but <laughs> that's what i'm saying today but um you know, I'm I'm concerned about what I can't see, basically, um, and so that those have been very significant, most recent losses or impactful for our family. And um, I almost forgot to mention this—not that I forgot about it—but uh, I've also had some miscarriages too. And um, you know, I've heard people say that unborn babies aren't real um you know like almost like they don't count but when you are the one carrying them you're aware that that something's happening to your body um and so one of the miscarriages happened after Amira passed away um i think 2011 and then i had my son um he's now he's about to be 8 soon um, and then before the twins came, I miscarried again. Um, in while I was getting my doctorate, so that was a very um, crucial time for me. I, I remember I started having like panic attacks and things like that. Um, and um, but I think it was symptomatic of just it was just the impact of loss, you know, on my on my life. So these those were. The major losses in my life. Oh my goodness, Macy.
0: And I, I'm sorry, like to the audience, she's Dr. France Meese to you, she's forever Macy to me. But like just hearing that, like I knew a part of your story, right? I knew about Amira, I knew about Kellen, I did not know about the two pregnancy losses. And so I'm hearing that and I'm like, that is more loss than any individual should ever have to go through in a lifetime. And so just to have multiple back-to-back in a period of 10 years, how how does you navigate all those emotions amidst multiple losses?
1: In regards to navigating my emotions amidst multiple losses, um, I think I would describe it as being tumultuous much like a roller coaster. So you have your very highs and your very lows. Um, initially, um, I I guess I didn't really think about getting therapy. Um, I had a friend who suggested it, but I don't know, for whatever reason, that's not what I wanted to do. And so it took about five years for me to actually make it to a therapist. And then when I got to the therapist, after some. Uh, you know, some time of actually going to sessions and different things like that, I wondered why I hadn't done it sooner. So if you are going through losses, I would I would encourage you to if you have any losses, I would encourage you you to seek help. But initially, when my first daughter passed away, I started. Um, now I can say um I can I can put it this way, you know, just looking for beautiful things. Um but I didn't realize that's what I was doing until like ten years later. But I started actually painting pictures and writing poetry. Um and I was an avid journaling journaler before she passed away and then I just stopped. I I just couldn't write anything else down. After I finished you know pinning my thoughts in the form of poetry. I just couldn't do the daily writing anymore. It was almost like I lost my voice. And um it wasn't until about 7 years later that I published those poems um in a book. But before that, I guess I would say that I was much more private and maybe I felt ill-equipped to be able ill-equipped and unable <laughs> To unwilling maybe even to share uh, the impact of the loss or to be able to talk to people about it. Um, and that, so the other thing is that when you do have these significant losses, people treat you like you are uh, the expert at times. So if they have a loss or somebody lost a baby or somebody, they automatically like seed the person to you so that you can help them you know make it and um so in navigating my own loss there are times where um you know my husband helped help to do this but we were we were like no nah, we can't we can't do that you know we're not we're not able to do that and there are times that I could you know help people work through their losses um I feel like I'm doing that more now but at that time i think it was like the shock of it all and 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 just because You know, someone has suffered loss. It does not mean that they are qualified or able to help someone else. So, um, so that was something where we just had to. uh, What's the word? Had to um, just figure out or protect our mental capacity or ability, you know, to be able to deal with other people's losses. Um, So that's something I think people should keep in mind, you know. um, You have to kind of gauge or watch to see whether or not the person is, you know, in a good space to be able to talk about their grief. Um, And never, one thing, you know, now that I've really... Um, gone on and lived longer. I'm older now. You know, one thing I will not allow someone to say or do um, is to give me the impression that I should be over the grief or tell me that I need to move on or that I should get over it. Um, So that's something else. Like you have to be able to um, stand up for yourself too, even though you might be hurting. Um, And then there's sometimes people are voyeurs. They just want to watch you go through And that's not helpful either. So, um, yeah, that's how I've navigated through um, my emotions.
0: I think that's so good. There's just so much there, you know, that idea of people treating you like the expert and even demanding um, upon you or asking for comfort When you yourself are actively still grieving, you know, and it kind of reminds me of that verse in second Corinthians, you know, the idea that the God of all comfort comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort others in their affliction. And it's like, yes. And it's not while the pain is acute, you know, you talked about, um, losing your voice there for a while. And so you had to go through your own healing process. And it sounds like you used, um, you went on a beauty hunt. Right and express yourself through poetry. And that was part of your process of finding your voice again. Has there been anything else that's been a source of peace or grounding um, for you during this time?
1: One major source of my peace and grounding has really been my faith in the Lord. Um, Now, I will say that there are times in your walk with Christ that um, you may feel disappointed. Um, I've, you know, been angry, you know, people will say things like, um, you know, well, at least your loved one is with the Lord, and then you're supposed to find consolation uh, from that. And, uh, you know, and sometimes I'm not, I'm not gonna say that that hasn't left me consoled. But I will say that, you know, just like any relationship, you know, you experience various emotions. And so um, one thing that has been constant is that I do believe that God, you know, through the various, you know, experiences, people um, just has really kept me like I really feel like he loves me and he cares for me. Um, and I understand that there are good times and bad times um, and different seasons in in one's life. And so Um, that has made the difference, you know, just um, because I I could have been crazy, you know, I could have quit, I could have done so many different things. And yet, you know, here I am, you know, 10 years past 10 years since Amira's death, and then um, going through, you know, grief with Kellen. Um, And so, yeah, so anyway, I don't I don't, take that for granted and I don't take it lightly you know um sometimes when you're going through hard times I would say when you're going through hard times you need something that's going to or someone who's going to give you something to get out of bed for or make you hopeful you know um and another thing is just um I would say my husband he's really been a rock that I you know can lean on um And so, you know, he he can't be there with me all the time, but um, he's really, you know, loved me through a lot of of my my problems. And, um, you know, we have like discussions about it. And and he was in he was dealing with the losses, too. So that kind of helps. I don't have to rehash, you know, what I went through. Um, And so I find peace in knowing that, you know, we can encourage each other to keep keep making it. And then lastly, I would say that my friends, you know, like they, um, they have checked on me, they have literally gotten in the car and to, it, gotten on plane rides to come and, and see about me and my family. And so um, a lot of them have held me down. And I'm so grateful, grateful for that. And of course, um, the prayers, prayers of people. Um, I think it really, I can really feel the prayers, you know, like, that i'm not alone um and even when i'm like feeling really low you know i'm not i'm not i'm able to like deal with that and lean into the grief and then you know i can still it's it's just an interesting thing that i've written about on my blog but like you it's like a dichotomy of um you know leaning into grief and being and grieving and then also experiencing the joys of life you know And so, yes, I would say my peace has come from my faith and my my family, my family and friends.
0: I love that. So faith and family, like you said, I love that term. You know, this idea that you're not alone, um, that you have support. And even if it doesn't feel any better on a given day, I mean, the pain is still there. There's no getting over it. Like you said, it does help to know that you're not actively walking through it by yourself and so you know that kind of leads me to the next question Um, as a counselor you know when it comes to trauma or grief work a lot of people find it helpful to have some sort of working narrative a story an explanation something that you tell yourself that helps you cope do you have anything like that for what's happened in your life
1: I don't know if I'm I can actually answer this question of is there a particular um, narrative or explanation that I tell myself to cope? You know, of course, you, you believe that you'll see your loved one again, you know, that hope that you'll see them again. Or, you know, in my case, for my girls, that they're no longer suffering. So maybe that's the answer to the question that they're not no longer suffering anymore, Um, especially with my daughter Kellen. um, She passed away right before or right around the pandemic hitting um, in March. And so oftentimes I think about the fact that if she were alive, I wonder how she would be making it through this pandemic, you know, because she had respiratory issues among a, a lot of other things. And so um, you know, we would have had to take her to the hospital and she, like I said, was med- medically fragile. So um, in a way, I guess, I don't know if I find comfort in it, but, um, you know, I guess I'm, I'm glad she's not suffering, you know, um, right now. But, you know, of course, I wish she was still here with me.
0: You know, I thank you for being so real and honest, um, because, yeah, we don't always know on this side of heaven, why did that have to happen? Why did circumstances play out that way? Why was that the outcome? We don't have the answers. And so that is part of the faith journey is continuing to trust in the Lord and his goodness and his love, no matter what, and trust that somehow um, he's in it and he's with us and he'll help us through it all. So, you know, as we get ready to wrap up, do you have any advice for those who are actively journeying through their own grief and loss?
1: One major piece of advice that I have for those journeying through grief and loss is to like I said, I think I said this before, but don't wait like I did for 5 years. Go see someone, um talk to someone who uh, like a licensed professional so that they can help you uh, be able to navigate through your emotions. Um, for me, one year, I, well, initially when my first daughter passed away, my husband literally had to come home because on the day of her birthday, I just had such a meltdown. Um, but when I finally started seeing the counselor, I asked for tips on how I could make it through the day, you know? So that's something that was very f- helpful for me. And also I would say, don't try to, to take things a moment at a time, you know? don't Try not to let yourself be overwhelmed because some things uh, when you're grieving just seem like mountains, things that you used to do before. And so, you know, one thing I realized was if I could take it a minute at a time, And then an hour at a time, you know, then uh, a day at a time, then I was moving forward and it didn't matter how small the move was, you know. Um, And so most recently I have encouraged people to find beauty. Every day, that's what I've been doing, Um, and it's helpful because then it gives me something to focus on and to look for in the day. You know um, that maybe I wouldn't have noticed before. You know, I found myself watching, you know, squirrels. You know, for instance, (laughs) Um, and I one day just I just stopped and just watched squirrel the squirrel, and it was the most fascinating thing um, because the squirrel was actually taking food out of a bird feeder. But I wouldn't have noticed it had I not slowed down and paid attention. And so, um, yeah, just I mean, that, that seems a little silly, but I think that grief sometimes allows you because it's so cute and it's, it's so personal that if you give yourself, I guess, the permission to see outside of yourself or your situation, you know, and not like. Because a lot of times you want to pity yourself. Right. But if you could just kind of like focus on something like in nature out outside of yourself, for instance, then it kind of draws you out out of that grief in a, so that you can make it. So, yeah, I would definitely say see a counselor. Um, right. Journaling is very helpful. It's very therapeutic. Get your thoughts out there somehow. Um, and you know, you might have to let people know in your circle that, you know, you may not want to talk about this every day, but that when you want to talk about it, you know, you hope that they'll listen, you know, to you. So I think that has been helpful too, because I think sometimes people are afraid to even say the deceased person's name or, um, you know, and you don't have to say like, how are you doing with that grief? You know, you can just, Ask them. you can come up with a code, you know, to let them know that you're thinking about them or you're praying for them. You know, like you let them know, like when I send you this, this is what I'm really asking, you know, um, because sometimes it's hard to even put into words how you're feeling. So um, but then it can be very lonely and is- isolating, too, because no one wants to um, no one wants their loved one to pass away. So just keep that those things in mind.
0: Thank you so much, France Meese, for talking with me and just sharing your story. And I really want people to be able to link with you and continue to follow your blog or get in touch with you on social and just see how you have managed to find beauty in life after so much loss. So if you're willing, how can people find you?
1: So if you want to find me. Uh, I think one of the best ways you can find me is on my Facebook, my professional Facebook page, Dr. France Meese Kingsbury. Um, There you'll find some Facebook lives about various topics, Um, pictures, inspirational quotes and pictures and just different thoughts that I might have about life or beauty Um, You can also follow me on my blog and subscribe uh, there. Um, You can also leave me a message either on Facebook or on my blog. But it's com. And lastly, you can follow me on Twitter. And my handle is at Dr. F Kingsbury. So those are some of the main ways that you can find me. And my email address is F as in Frank, S as in Sam, Kings, K-I-N-G-S, B as in boy, at gmail.com. Just let me know that, you know, you listened to this podcast and what it is that you you want your message And thank you. Take care.
0: That was my interview with Dr. France Mies Kingsbury on how she's managed to find beauty in life after multiple losses. Please know that her story is not totally in the past tense. She is still actively walking through pain, as perhaps many of you are. So my prayer is that her story ignites fresh faith to believe that if this current moment is not good, in the fullness of time, it will be good. Thanks for listening. Please stay tuned for the next episode.